Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Uh-huh. I just feel like I've been around the block Ripping up fantasy stock Working around the clock Look at the view from the top Researching rookies a lot No, I just be listening to pods Yeah, one in particular I'm just a messenger Let me just pass on the rock Browning, brunning, bruning Pronouncing ain't what he's doing What he's doing is not losing But infusing you with new things And there's Dennis the Bennett Yeah the man is a menace, yeah. Building a dynasty, some of the finest things. Promise you, you won't regret it. Mm. Sly as a fox, cultured in pop. Give him his props. Here is a thought, here is a box. And you cannot compare him at all, so don't even try. Careful with the news, but when you use a take, I take up Tony Fire. I mean dire, because anyone else is a huge mistake. Whoa. Fantasy round table, fantasy, fantasy round table. Yeah. Fantasy round table, come take a look at the crown, baby. Hey. Fantasy round table, fantasy, fantasy round table. Woo. Fantasy round Table. Come take a look at the crown, baby. Go. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Fantasy Football Roundtable Podcast. It is Friday. We are heading into week 18. We are all gloriously here together. And uh, we are going to talk about some games. We're going to do things a little bit differently today. But first, we would be remiss if we did not talk about the biggest story. If you were with us on Monday, Dennis and I previewed all of our thoughts about Monday night's game. And what we got was far from anything that I think any of us had ever seen or ever expected. Uh, we were Dennis, to be so right, though. <laughs> Dennis, I will start with you. What, uh, what was your reaction watching uh, Monday night's game and everything that unfolded? You know, it's, it's scary to see something like that happen. Um, and it's such a fluky incident. I mean, that's players know that they play a dangerous game, but something like that is kind of out of the ordinary and really extraordinary um, is the word I'm looking for. It's it's but the the medical team handled it great. Um, you know, I thought the broadcast team did a really good job of you know, not speculating and trying to, uh, you know, keep the focus on, you know, what's the next right thing to do. I know there's some, there was a kerfuffle about the five minutes to warm up. I don't think that that was something that was made up in the studio. I think that's, 
I think that was the initial reaction. Okay, we'll get him off the field. You got five minutes to warm up. And, you know, we're going to move on because that's kind of, you know, it's, it's, we need to keep business as usual. But in the end, I think all of the right decisions ended up being made and players were allowed to process what was happening. Uh, it was a scary situation. And I, you know, I wouldn't wish that on anybody. Yeah, Matt, I don't know what, uh, what were your thoughts? I don't know if you were watching the game or. Yeah. Yeah. I, um, I, I was actually one of the few Monday night football games I've actually had a chance to just kind of sit back and watch. Um, you know, it's, it's a weird situation to talk about being as removed from it as we are now. I think a lot of people have had time, you know, the, what, what's the saying? Cooler heads prevail kind of thing. Like we've all had a time, we've all had time to kind of sit back Relax. Obviously, the news today that he's like FaceTiming people like it feels so different now hearing the news and how he is compared to what we saw Monday night. Um, I, I for the most part, kind of agree with everything Dennis said. I mean, I, I don't want to to nitpick anything that went on there. I know a lot of people are very upset with the NFL and and how it took so long. I mean, we were talking about you know, over an hour before they really made the decision o- over an hour be- after he left the field on- in an ambulance before they really kind of made a decision to cancel the game. And I get people want like swift action in that, but it's hard for me to hold the NFL to a certain standard. It's hard for me to blame them for how long it took. It was unprecedented. Like, we realistically had no idea what was going on at the time. I mean, Dennis talked about the, 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 the crew did a really good job of not speculating what was going on. And, and I believe it was Lisa Salters who talked a little bit with, um, dang it. What's a ESPN anchor that can't remember what his name is now. Very famous. Scott Van Pelt. Scott Van Pelt. There we go. I don't know why I had Scott fish in my it's head. Because it they, Scott it's fish, because they so. just shortened it to SVP now. Yeah. Uh, Talked with the SVP sitting there at the beginning. She even says like they all thought it was a head injury, and she's like, and she didn't want it to sound like crass, but they thought it was just another head injury. Everybody kind of thought that, right? You saw him stand up, and he got woozy and fell down. I don't know that anybody was thinking it was that serious, and and I don't want to say that head injuries are not serious because they are, but nobody was expecting him to have to be resuscitated on the field. So it, it's hard for me to then just picture. Roger Goodell watching that and just being like, we all say now he should have just canceled the game. Yes, but at the time, you don't know what's going on. And I do find it very hard for them to, even within minutes of him getting carted off the field or taken off on on an ambulance, to just be like, the game's canceled. Like, yes, I don't love the fact that obviously the news has come out that the, the coaches were the ones who really kind of decided that. And I do think you have to give a ton of props to Zach Taylor and Sean McDermott for being the ones that just kind of say like, we're not playing like whether the NFL wants us to or not, we're not playing. And I think you've got to give a lot of props to both of those guys. But as Dennis mentioned, like the right decision came to maybe it could have come a little bit quicker. It doesn't matter. the, the, The right decision came to, I will say I crap on ESPN a lot for the way they cover things, the way there's, um, and I'll say right now, like Bart Scott's ridiculous statements about T Higgins, how that man has not been fired. Don't know, but I think he should be that. That's a ridiculous statement to make 
to blame somebody for that after who was clearly had, I don't want to say survivor's guilt, but you could see the way he was handling it, walking out with his mom in tears, thinking it was his fault. It, had no, it was a football play. Well, and he got derided so much by other people yeah. to the point where not only his own teammates, but every single member of yeah, the Bills Josh just had to come up. out and say, this is this is out of bounds. I mean, yeah. he was doing his normal job. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I um, But I do want to just give them props because that is not... I couldn't imagine if it's the three of us sitting here and someone just said, hey, take over. You have to do all of this. You can't really talk about what's going on. You don't know what's going on. We don't know if he is going to be all right. Just go. I have to give them a lot of props, specifically SVP and Ryan Clark, who I thought was, I mean, I, as as anybody who watches and listens to us know, I get up very early for work. I was enthralled just listening to to Ryan Clark and SVP talk about this issue and how right they were on a lot of that stuff. And you can see how much it meant to them, how most of it was obviously Ryan Clark dealing with something fairly close to that situation as he talked about on SVP. So just listening to them and, and then obviously um, was it Susie Colbert, yeah. uh, Adam Schefter and uh, Booger McFarland, Booger McFarland, who just got. I have to say, he wasn't my favorite Monday Night Football announcer, but he's actually yeah. a really good studio guest. He does a weekly spot on uh, PTI, too, and he had some very insightful comments a few days later yeah. as well. So it was – it was. Um, I, I do have to give them major props to be able to sit – because I can, I imagine it was not easy for them to sit and talk about that either. It was not, it was not easy for anybody, but it's – as I mentioned now – I mean, we're Friday, so almost five days removed to have him FaceTiming people and everything. Like, that's all that matters now. And I'm glad that this is where we are now because it did not look like we were going to get to this point on Monday. So I just want to give major props to everybody involved who handled it as well as they could for something I don't think anybody ever expected, ever expected to happen on the football field. For not expecting it, they were ready. Yeah, and... And there were so many, you know, ugly things yeah. that people had as reactions on um, Monday night that that was frustrating. I saw a few people on there saying they've never used their mute and block button more. But one of the beautiful things I thought was the way people responded and how Demar Hamlin's uh, GoFundMe jumped up well over five million. Um, and we've seen teams kind of rally around him. There has been some beautiful things too that remind you. Um, that there are some good people out there the way you saw uh, bills and Cincinnati fans all at the hospital holding the vigil that night. There were some very powerful things as well as, you know, some of the people you mentioned, I have two words for you. You mentioned Bart Scott. How about skip Bayless? I mean, there are some people that should not be given the public platform they have. We have the best tweet I saw about the whole thing was from a nobody basically. And it it said, it's a wife colon. Hey, that guy is really, really talking well. And, and, you know, really presenting this, you know, this situation, you know, in a very, very comforting, I'm I'm paraphrasing, very comforting view. What's his name? Husband colon booger. (laughs) Oh, and that's, I don't think that's his given name. That's like, his, I don't think it is. Yeah. I, yeah, I assume that's like a, a yeah. yeah. I mean, I will, the one thing I'll add on what, what, to what you're saying really quick is the, the ugly got amplified, but as you mentioned, the great, like humanity showed out in a much better way. And it showed exactly what 
why it's great to be part of a community like this, the football community and everything that happened. The ugly got amplified because that's what happens, but there was a lot more beautiful going on with what everybody did for, for uh, DeMar in that moment. So I have a funny booger nickname story. So when my wife and I were dating and we, you know, she was a college student. I was a musician. She got invited to some party at Ohio State. So we go down and we're at this party. We have we had a strong relationship from the beginning. And so like when we would go to parties, we didn't just kind of hang out, hang out around on each other. And so we're both mingling and going around and talking to people, having some drinks. And I'm standing there talking to a couple dudes. And my wife, she was my girlfriend then, kind of saunters up to me, gives me a kiss and says, how you doing, booger? And just walks away. And this dude looks at me and goes, booger? And I'm like, she's never before and never since called me that. Did you check your nose real quick? No. <laughs> she's like, I don't, to this day, she's like, I don't know what, what possessed me to call you that. She's like, she's trying to be loving and, you know, do a drive-by kiss. and. So from one uncomfortable I, I situation... To another, before we leave this topic entirely, we've now had a couple of days. The NFL has decided this game will never be played. As Adam Schefter said last night, there's a bad energy around this potential matchup in a regular season game, which totally makes sense. So I want to hit this from a couple angles. First, what it means for the AFC playoffs, and I'll go over the scenarios. And then we all play a lot of fantasy, have been blessed or cursed as commissioners in a few places. So I think there is a legitimate fantasy football question that people are now facing that we can touch on at first. We know uh, basically the Bills and the Bengals will play one fewer game than everyone else. That granted Cincinnati the AFC North title, however – if they lose to the Ravens this week, the Ravens will have swept them and have the same number of wins. And if they meet again in the playoffs, which seems likely by seeding, they will flip a coin for home field advantage. On the flip side, Kansas City will likely get the number one seed as long as they win on Saturday, which I'm hoping they don't. Uh, but if the AFC Championship game involves either the Bills or the Bengals, the game will be played on a neutral site because those teams do not have a chance to. Buffalo was the number one seed going into a game that they didn't get to play. Those were passed by the competition committee, and today they passed at the owners' meeting. So that is how it is rolling forward. So I'll start with you, Matt. What do you think of the NFL's solution to this situation? I, I mean, I really do think they handled it perfectly. I don't know how you go back and play that game. I, I just don't think you can. I mean, you said what, what Schefter said. I, you know, I was talking with some friends today at work. Talking about, like, I don't even know if I'm a Bills player, how I'm going out there on Sunday and playing against New England. Like, a week removed, regardless that we know he is now, you know, awake and, and communicating. It's still something that's going to be on your mind. That's not something easily removed. But at the end of the day, I feel like they found a very – workable solution for everybody like if you had to pick somebody i think Bengals may have gotten screwed a little bit here just in the fact that, like had they won that game they had a shot to be the number one seed looks like that's completely out of the out of the picture now but i don't think any of those players or, or coaches are going to argue or be upset about that because as you mentioned they all kind of 
were there and they they kind of understood what was going on and, and they understood this is unprecedented and it, it's bigger than football, which I know is what a lot of people have used this week. So at the end of the day, I, I think it's a, a – I don't want to say perfect because nothing's perfect, but it, it's a great solution. It's not at all anything I thought of. I think they handled it perfectly well, and I think it's going to be fine. Yeah, you know, it's kind of like – you know, how we handled it in our leagues that we commissioned. You talk to people, you know, what do you think are fair options? Because nothing is perfect. And by and large, people are agreeing. The principals are saying, I can live with this option. So some leagues are putting it to votes. Other leagues are saying, well, if the two people that are affected feel like this is a reasonable solution, then let's roll with that. And I think basically that's where the NFL was at. They wanted, they, they're trying to maintain the integrity of the game in a situation where they're just dealing with something that hasn't happened before. And they, I think they presented a couple solutions and, you know, by and large, everybody's like, well, these are the best of them. So we're going to roll with those. Yeah, and, you know, I've been mulling it over because in some ways, for seeding purposes, you almost needed this game. I would argue – I know, Matt, you said you think Cincinnati probably took the biggest hit. It might be Baltimore because if Cincinnati would have lost Monday night and if they end up losing on Sunday, that's a pretty seismic shift for the Ravens. But it is what it is. I think they made the best possible solution that they could because you – if you tried to make this game up in the week in between the playoffs, you're talking about two potential Super Bowl contenders off of an incredibly emotional situation being asked to play three games in a seven to nine day span, which is untenable and not not smart health wise. You know, from a fantasy standpoint, obviously, week 17 is pretty much universally championship week. You couldn't have two teams that probably had more fantasy worthy um, players in there. As Dennis said, a lot of commissioners leagues, you're having to do things differently. What I did with a lot of the leagues I commissioned, I looked at the final matchup, what players teams potentially had that were impacted. If the game was, if the spread was more than 50 points and they only had one player, I basically proposed that you weren't going to make it up. And in most cases, people have been fine with that. Some people have been fine splitting the pot. Ones that were exceptionally close with players involved, I've offered to manually score those player scores from week 18 and apply them to their totals for week 17. And I think a lot of people have been happy with that. I don't know if you guys have any other solutions you've seen or or heard about or enacted. No, I, most of mine were the same thing. I had a couple that were really close, um, and so I just went to the first and second place teams. Uh, my, my kind of thought process was on, like, I, I let the whole league know that I was going to propose multiple options, but then I went to the teams involved because I didn't feel like the whole league needed to have a vote in that and just said, hey, team one, team two. Like, for instance, one, I have a redraft league, um, $100 buy-in, so decent amount of money going to to the top teams in that. And the the team that was winning had no players going, uh, and they were up twenty points. But the other player had Jamar Chase, which is doable. That that's a that's close enough that I think it's a fair discussion. I just went to both of them and said, "Hey, look, you guys can split the pot." At the time, we did not know the game was going to be canceled for sure. So I was like, "You can, if you let me know by Saturday, we can do as you mentioned, 
I will score the week 18 points with you, but you have to let me know before then. Before, I don't want the NFL to come back after the fact, say, hey, we're going to play after week 18. Let me know before then. We'll use week 18 scoring. Uh, if you want to stick with it, the game gets remade, then we'll go with those points. But if it doesn't, I will give you the average points for that player so you don't take zeros, which at that point you still would have lost because in our league, Jamar Chase was averaging 18 points. So we would have lost by two points. And they just said, hey, let's just split the pot go about our day, which is what a lot of people in my leagues did. They were all just kind of like, hey, we're going to split the pot. But most of them, I did the same thing as you mentioned, as, as Dennis said, like just kind of, here's the options. What do you guys want to do? Even if, even if it wasn't close, I did have one where someone's down 70 points and they have Dawson Knox and Jamar Chase. I don't think there's a real shot you're going to make that up. But they said they wanted to let it ride. And at that point, I said, that's fine. That's your prerogative. We'll let it ride. We'll count week 18 points. But I, I felt like the best way to do it was just the teams involved first, First, second, and even third and fourth, if the third place game was close and that gets paid, just, hey, what do you guys want to do? Let's take a vote, and then we'll move forward from there. Yeah, definitely an unprecedented situation. Yeah. Anything else you want to add, Dennis? Nah. I mean, it, we, we've kind of covered it pretty good. Well, uh, most of uh, week 18, most teams are not playing uh, for fantasy. We are going to cover more in depth the fantasy relevant games. But first, we're going to start with what we're going to call quick hits, which is a few of the games that are being played. We will make our picks at that point in time. If anybody has any comment or something they're watching from this game, they will throw that out. But these are games that probably don't have a huge impact on the playoff picture. The first of those being the two 13 and one Houston Texans at the 4-11-1 Indianapolis Colts could be the last game for one or both of these coaches. Matt, who are you taking? Uh, I'm taking the Colts. Uh, I'd like to see the Texans win and possibly the the Bears lose for them to get a shot at the number one pick uh, because I'd like to see Justin Fields get some help, really some defense, but I think the, the, the Colts are just better than the Texans. They pull out the win. Yeah. I think that the the Texans are going to do uh, everything they need to do to not win to hold on to that first pick. So I'm taking the Colts. I'm also I mean, taking Saturday is going to make that hard. I think too. I'm also taking the Colts, but let me be the first to say farewell, Jeff Saturday. Uh, on to New Orleans, where the six and ten Carolina Panthers are at the seven and nine New Orleans Saints. Both these teams got eliminated last week. Dennis, who are you taking? I'm going to take the Panthers. I like that Darnold to more magic. I know Lattimore is back, so I'm taking the Panthers. Same. I think the Panthers have been really good down the stretch. I think they pull out the win. I'm taking the Saints, but I do hope Steve Wilkes gets a hard look at that job because what he's done has been pretty impressive. Uh, on to Chicago, where the Minnesota Vikings at 12-4 and four take on the Chicago Bears. I know you're going to say Minnesota is a playoff team. Yes, but after they crapped the bed last week, they no longer have a shot at the number one seed. Matt, who are you taking? It's still the Vikings. Even if they rest some of their starters, had Justin Fields played in this game, I would have taken the Bears. Shot to break the single-season rushing record, unfortunately out because of the hip injury, which sucks. Uh, I just don't think Nathan Peterman's going to get it done, so I'm taking the Vikings. Yeah, this feels like a game where uh, upper management was like, you know, Houston may lose and Justin won't lose. So let's your hip is bad enough. We want to save you for next year. I'm taking the Vikings. 
last Vikings win of the season. I'm taking the Vikings. Uh, on to Atlanta, where the 8-8 eight and eight NFC South champion Buccaneers are battling the Atlanta Falcons. They said they're going to play the starters. I think they'll start their starters. I don't know how long they play. Dennis, who are you taking? Tyler Algier is going to break that 1,000-yard mark. I talked to, told you guys, 220 carries. You know, I'm taking the uh, Buccaneers. Taking the Falcons. I think Raider pulls it out. I went back and forth, but I'm taking the Buccaneers too. I think Tom Brady was earnest when he said that he wanted them to build a little momentum. On to Denver, where the Los Angeles Chargers 10 and 6 are battling the 4 and 12 Denver Broncos. The Chargers can't really improve their seed. They could potentially slide back to the sixth spot if the Ravens won and they lost. I don't think they're losing. I am taking the Chargers. Matt, how about you? Same. Chargers. I think they play most of the game. Chargers for me as well. And then the last one in our quick hit segment, the 4-12 and 12, David Blau-led Arizona Cardinals battling the 12-4 and 4 San Francisco 49ers, who will be playing everyone because if they win and the Eagles lose, they are the number one seed. Dennis, are you taking the Cardinals? I'm taking the 49ers, and I feel like they're not going to play everyone all game long because they're just not going to have to. Same. I guess I should have clarified. I think they will be playing hard because they definitely don't want to lose, but I am taking the 49ers as well. We will start with the Saturday games, the double dip on ESPN and ABC. Both of these do have bearing on the playoffs. The first one is the 13-3 and Kansas City Chiefs at the 6-10 and Las Vegas Raiders. Matt, if the Chiefs win, they lock up the one seed and home field advantage in at least one playoff game. What do they need to do to get the win? They need to not get the win, if possible, because I want Buffalo to have the number one seed. I, I feel so, so similar. I know. It's, it's, is this a, I, I know uh, you guys don't follow college football as, as closely as, as I do, but like, I feel like this is very much a Mississippi State versus Illinois situation where, unfortunately, the great college head coach Mike Leach passed away a couple weeks before his bowl game and everybody in the world was rooting for Mississippi State and Illinois to lose and I kind of feel like everybody's going to be doing that here with obviously the DeMar Hamlin situation everybody's going to be rooting for Jarrett Stidham and the Raiders to find a way to upset the Chiefs I just don't think that's really possible uh, why Jarrett Stidham I know had a, an amazing game last week we had over 400 yards passing I didn't I wasn't expecting that I was like there's no way this dude's going to be good Devontae Adams I, could have used you last week, but hey, it is what it is. Here we are. It happened. At the end of the day, the Kansas City Chiefs still have a ton to play for. They're just the better team overall. I think this could be a very good game and fun game. Was It's Saturday, right? It's the Yeah, it's the opener Saturday. for okay. the weekend. Yeah, early so Saturday. at Las Vegas, uh, in, in the Reliant, whatever. I can't remember what the name of Reliant. It's the Allegiant. Allegiant it's the crappy it. airline that only yeah. flies to Las Vegas. Uh, but I, I think it's going to be a very good game. I just think the Chiefs got too much firepower. Patrick Mahomes, they'll end up finding a way to win the game. If you're listening, Allegiant, you can still sponsor the show. I've flown on your airplanes. They're perfectly yeah, fine. Not, not a sponsor could be. We're, we're not, not a sponsor could be. We'll say much more flattering things about <laughs> if you sponsor. Dennis, so. Go ahead. I was going to say, do you have any further thoughts on Kansas City? You know. No, I think their defense. I was I was trying to pull up and see how they uh, where they rank for sacks because I know their defense can get after the quarterback a little bit. I uh, I just think it's 
Kansas City is going to go out there and, and win the game. And it's a division game. And, you know, Mahomes knows it's a division game. So despite even being uh, favored by as much as they are, I, I think that Kansas City puts a whooping on them. Yeah, my only fear is uh, if Jared Stidham comes out and rolls over 300 yards for the second straight game, it's going to make Josh McDaniels look like something of a genius, which really hurts me deep to my core. But I'm with you. I think the Chiefs end up winning. Genius wouldn't have waited 15 weeks to put him in. Uh, the nightcap on Saturday is a much more interesting game. It's basically win and get in for either of these teams. The Titans were once seven and three. They're now seven and nine. And on to Josh Dobbs. The Jacksonville Jaguars have made a tremendous second half push. They're at eight and eight, favored in this game at home and having won the first one. We'll start with the Titans. What do you guys uh, expect to see from Josh Dobbs? Dennis, I'll let you take that first. You know, the knock on Dobbs coming out was that because of how smart he is, it causes him to process slowly because he he just naturally is looking for more information to make the right decision. Um, this is the part where I say, you know, at NASA. Um, so, th- but that was always kind of the knock on him is that he just didn't get rid of the ball quick enough. Maybe he's learned a little bit. He looked good last week. You know, he's only been there a few weeks, and I I think he earned a shot. Um, but it's going to be the Derrick Henry show. You know, it's he's going to hand off to Henry. There will be a couple shots with Burks, a couple shots with uh, Oconquo, but I, I think we're looking at a 30-carry Derrick Henry game here. I think that's how Brable thinks that he can get this team into the playoffs. Um, and I, I just feel that in the end, it's going to not be quite enough. Yeah, I agree. As weird as this is to say, um, cause I think we all, I don't know. We had Jacksonville picked to be the last place team in this division. I don't think any of us had them picked to be eight and eight right now. Uh, but I do think they're at the playing as the better team, and they clearly have the better quarterback in Trevor Lawrence. I, I agree uh, with Dennis that they're probably going to, in essence, try and play keep away here and giving Derrick Henry the ball a ton, trying to just take the air out of the ball, stay on the field as long as possible, and keep Jacksonville's offense on the sideline. But at the end of the day, I think Trevor Lawrence being the better quarterback, the team playing better currently over the past couple of weeks, they find a way to get it done and Jacksonville beats Tennessee to make it to the playoffs since, I think, what, 2015 and Blake Bortles? When they almost made it to the Super Bowl? Like that's, Wasn't that more recent than that? Wasn't like 2017 Maybe it was 2017. I don't, I, I it feel was like one of Brady's last years. Yeah, in New England. Yeah, they had the great Stephon, um, was it Stephon Gilmore, had like that great like diving through the air, like tip pass to stop it from getting to, I believe it was Allen Robinson, to, to almost be a like win for the Jaguars. So, yeah. Poor Allen Robinson. Well, and you know, or Trevor, Bortles. Trevor sure Lawrence. Changes if he gets to the Super Bowl. No. Trevor Lawrence is uh, taking quite a few steps forward this year. It seems like he has thrived a little bit under Doug Peterson. You'd be hard pressed to find somebody who only in their second year in the NFL played more big college games because he, you know, they were perennial playoff contenders during his uh, three years there at Clemson. But I'm with you. I I think the Jaguars win. They have all the momentum. The Colts had to die so the Jaguars could live. 
Um, it sounds like you're picking the Jaguars too, Matt. How about you, Dennis? Jags all the way, baby. Football fans, the first Sunday of the NFL season is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL, is giving new customers a can't-miss offer to celebrate the return of the NFL season. Right now, new customers can bet just $5 and get $200 in free bets instantly. And as an added bonus for week one, everybody can experience the thrill of DraftKings with early win promotion. It's simple. Bet on an NFL team to win. If your team leads by 10 at any point during the game, you get paid instantly, even if the team ends up losing. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use the promo code TPPN, that is TPPN, and get $200 in free bets instantly. When you place a $5 bet this Sunday, that is code TPPN, only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See the descriptions for the episode for details. On to the Sunday slate, and we'll start with the early games first. And this is a big one that has big playoff ramifications and also have no idea what to expect. The New England Patriots, 8-8, eight and eight, have the best win and you're in scenario for the seventh seed in the AFC are at Buffalo, who's 12-3, and three, who will know by then whether a win could give them the one seed or whether they are pretty well locked into the two seed. Matt, I'll start with you. What are you expecting from the Patriots and what – do you think we're going to see from the Bills? I think the Bills are going to be fired up and, and ready to go out there. Um, I believe it was Kyle Brandt who tweeted this out uh, from Good Morning Football who tweeted out there's only one thing left to do for the Bills, and that's to go win the effing thing. I, I think now, again, as we've detailed a lot at the beginning of the show, with him FaceTiming teammates and everybody knowing that he's going to, you know, in essence, be okay. He he is alive. He's talking. He, he's going to, you know, end up being okay here. I think the Bills are going to come out on fire. I, I still think there will be some lingering issues, as I mentioned. It, I can't imagine how easy it is mentally to try and get over a hurdle like that, even though you're almost a week away. That's not something you can just push out of your mind. But I also just think they're the better team by far. Better defense, better offense, better everything. Uh, maybe if they know at that point that they can't win the one seed, they don't play them the full game. They allow them to kind of come out at the end, which could help New England stay in at the seventh seed. But I do think the Bills win the game at, at the end of the day. Yeah, I think the bull, the Bills are going to be so jacked up with the win at Ford DeMar. I just, you know, Bill Belichick, if they if they beat the Bills, will cement his place in Star Wars lore as Emperor Palpatine. I mean, he will he will be the evil empire incarnate if he beats them. Now I know he's going out there and they're trying to beat him and they're trying to put that stuff aside, but the way this story's playing out, uh, it's to me, I, I don't know how you can't pick the Bills. I think this could be similar to when the, these two teams met in the wild card round last year where Buffalo, you know, even though they had played close at times and the Bills or, you know, the Patriots try hard, the Bills are just a better and more talented team. I tend to think they're going to be fired up wanting to play for DeMar too. Plus a loss here, you know, the Broncos have been talking to Bill Belichick about becoming their head coach and I have mixed feelings, but it might sway, might sway the case. I am taking the Buffalo Bills. So am I. Same. 
On to the next battle of the AFC East, which also has big playoff ramifications. The seven and nine New York Jets at the eight and eight Miami Dolphins. Dolphins were once eight and three. They haven't won since November, and they are starting third string quarterback Skylar Thompson. The Jets are starting Joe Flacco. Fourth if- string quarterback. <laughs> no, he's their third. They played uh, Wilson. Third. They had, oh, they had Flacco inactive. <laughs> that's right. I forgot about Um, So if the Patriots lose, then a win vaults the Dolphins right back into the seventh seed. This one has some interesting upset potential. Dennis, I'll let you leave it off. What do you expect from this battle of AFC East rivals? So Flacco started off the year playing, and – he was chucking it around the field, throwing it 45, 50 times, 55. I think he threw it 56 times one game. And I expect him to go more of that. Yeah, they're going to run Zonovan Knight some, but it wouldn't surprise me if Garrett Wilson had 15 targets. Um, the tight ends, I, the, whether it's a situation that they just trust Flacco to put him in a play because – He's 64 years old and he's been playing in the NFL for 43 years and he's seen virtually everything. I mean, I know he's not older than Brady, but when you look at him, you're like, dude, man, this could be Brady's dad. Um, I I think that it's going to be a a uh, a throw. They're they're just going to be throwing the ball a lot, and it may work out good for um, Zonovan Knight because it'll loosen him up. It may be, it'll be good for Elijah Moore. Uh, But yeah, I just, you know, the Dolphins are explosive and they're going to try to, Waddles off the injury report. They're going to try to do what they do, which is get the ball to Hill and Waddle in short areas and let them make plays. The Jets have two of the best cornerbacks in the NFL. It's going to be a great, honestly, I think it'll be a great game to watch. Yeah, I agree. I think it's going to be one of the better games of the weekend. Miami has a ton to play for, and I think the Jets do too. Even though they can't make the playoffs, they would love nothing more to knock out their their you know bitter division rival out of the playoff race. It's obviously not going to be easy for, for the Dolphins not having Tua, who has had a good year. I don't know that Teddy Bridgewater. Skylar Thompson did look good in the limited time he was in there before he got hurt, but I still don't think he's going to necessarily be able to like carry a team to victory. So I do expect them to try and run the ball a lot for Miami. Uh, but the Jets. Well, they do have Mike Glennon in case they need to. Well, that doesn't help matters. Hey, you you know, Josh yeah, yeah, you know, addition by subtraction, probably don't play Mike Glennon. I, I just think overall, I agree with a lot of what Dennis said there too, with them passing the ball and that defense, if they're able to kind of slow down Waddle uh, and Tyreek, it's going to be a very, very intriguing game. Again, one, probably the one of the better games of the weekend with everything riding on the line for the Dolphins. So there've been a couple of reports that have come out that with a loss, Mike McDaniel might be in danger of getting fired. Do you guys put any stock in that? And would that be the dumbest thing Miami could do? I I don't personally, I don't understand that. I don't think he will unless they make him the fall guy for the concussions. That's that's the only thing I can think of too. But Which I don't would also be the most dolphins thing. Yeah. I mean, fair or unfair, they've already named a fall guy when they fired the doctor. So I don't know how you can make him the fall guy again. But I mean, we've rarely seen that happen. I mean, I was trying to go through my head the other day. I was talking about this with some people and like it's really been Jim Tom Sula. 
of recent who had a one-year actual one-year contract as a head coach and got fired because Freddie Kitchens was the interim for half the year. Then the head coach then got fired. Like we haven't seen many coaches get hired on and then the next year and have a winning team. Like Jim Tomasula did not have a winning team with the 49ers. We've seen interims take over at certain times of the year, but never been given a job. And then after a year of winning, they're like, no, you're out. So I, the only thing I think of is, as Dennis no. mentioned, they're, they're making him the fall guy for something. But I, would be I hope it's just a rumor. Yeah. Hey, look, look. If you guys want to fire Mike McDaniels, Browns, do the right thing. Get rid of Kevin Stefanski. We'll take Mike McDaniels off your hands. He was in Cleveland before. We'll take him back, baby. I'm, I'm, all, I'm here for it. If he comes to Cleveland, will you realize his name is McDaniel? I will. I'll put, I'll put respect on that man's name. I am taking the Jets just because. So am I. I'm going to take the Dolphins. No, no, no. I take the Jets. I want Mike McDaniel to get fired and the Browns hire him. Give me the Jets. Give me the Jets. Uh, We're going to move over to the battles in the AFC North, both of which have some playoff relevance. The first, the 10 and 6 Baltimore Ravens at the 11 and 4 Cincinnati Bengals. Lamar Jackson's been ruled out again. Huntley has not been spectacular in terms of getting wins for the Ravens in the time he's been in there. But we also don't know how the Bengals are doing. They're kind of the forgotten team. Everybody has rallied around Buffalo, but Cincinnati was part of that emotional game too. Start with you, Matt. What are you expecting in this one? A lot like what we talked about with the Bills. I expect Cincinnati's going to come out firing. You mentioned that not a lot of people are talking about I think they were going to come out and fight for T as well, who, as you mentioned, got a lot of vitriol from people all over Twitter. Again, I'll just Bart Scott calling him out for unknown reasons. Like I think that's going to Cincinnati is going to rally behind that. I mean, the one thing a lot of people are talking about, they were up in that game 10 to three. And while still early, it was only nine minutes into the seven game, to three. seven to three. I'm sorry. Why, why only nine minutes into that game, they looked like they were going to be able to challenge Buffalo. Cincinnati has been pretty good all year long. I was worried they were going to have that, you know, Super Bowl run-up curse, runner-up curse, and not be able to make it. They've looked like one of the better teams in the AFC, and let's just be flat honest, Baltimore hasn't. Baltimore is where they are mostly because of what Lamar Jackson did earlier in the season. Tyler Huntley has not been able to reproduce that magic he has in the past coming in for Lamar. I I think Cincinnati wins this, and I think they win it fairly easily, actually. Yeah, I think it's uh, they're going to run away with it, to be honest. I I like Tyler Huntley's story, but he hasn't proven that he can win. And the Ravens don't have anything as far as a receiving core. J.K. Dobbins has looked good in his return, but the Bengals are just playing well. And and I agree with Matt. They're going to be rallying around T. Higgins and rallying to support uh, DeMar Hamlin as well. So I think they want to go out and get that, that win. Uh, in his honor. Yeah, I'm picking the Bengals too. I was going to ask you, is any concern at this point that we might not actually see Lamar Jackson even in the playoffs? Because it went from he might play the very week after he got hurt to we have not seen him in over a month now. I do not think he's coming back. Yeah, I think there's definitely some, you know, I think the people who are like, oh, he's not coming back because of the contract. I think that's BS. I think the injury is just a lot worse than we expected. It wouldn't surprise me a bit if when they're out of it, the season is over for the Ravens, that he goes and gets surgery. Yeah, I, he has not practiced at all yeah. since since it happened, not not even limited practices. 
I I'll say I, I'm actually on the opposite side of Dennis. I guess I'm the, I'm, I am a BS person. Uh, I do think the contract plays into it. Um, partially because I do also agree with, with part of what Dennis just said that I think the injury is a little bit worse than maybe we were first led to believe. And at this point he has nothing guaranteed. I don't know why you go out there and risk a possible further injury with no future contract on the horizon either. While Baltimore said they're willing to pay him all through the season, all before the season, they were, it seemed to be nowhere near making any kind of deal done because Lamar wanted to get paid money as much or more than Kyler Murray, which I think he well deserves. And Baltimore is not willing to meet those demands. So I do think the contract plays into it a little bit. Well, I think it plays into it from the standpoint of he's not going to play hurt versus not just not playing. I, I think he's hurt and he isn't as willing to play through it and risk the contract. I think you guys both took the Bengals, yes? I didn't want to lose that. I just thought that was... I did. Well, Matt, your your dream has come true. A Week 18 meaningful game and Cleveland is involved, although they can only play the role of spoiler here. The 7-9 and nine Cleveland Browns at the surprisingly 8-8 eight and eight Pittsburgh Steelers. There's a lot to unpack here if both the Dolphins and the Patriots lose, as if you've been listening to this show, we think is very likely to happen, and the Steelers get a win. They back into the well, I mean, they get into the playoffs as the seventh seed. So, we're going to talk, uh, you know, how do you feel about these quarterbacks? Watson going up against a pretty ferocious and motivated Pittsburgh defense, and Kenny Pickett trying to possibly get a team into the playoffs. Dennis, what are you expecting from this one? And back that black and yellow ass up. I think the Steelers are going to roll. I, you know, it's a situation where. They they're playing hard for Mike Tomlin. They want they know that he hasn't ever had a losing record, and they want to go out there. They don't that you know Cam Hayward and and Deontay Johnson and, and Najee Harris. These guys know T.J. Watt. They they don't want to be the team that hands Mike Tomlin his first losing record. So they're going to go out there and they're going to do everything they can. Uh, Clowney's out. Uh, well, I, 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 they sent him home today because he's getting kind of cranky because he wasn't featured like Miles Garrett. And to my answer is then be as good as Miles Garrett and you'll get featured. Um, and Watson, you know, while he's improving a little bit each week, you know, unless he takes a gigantic step this week, uh, it's just not going to be there. I, I expect another fairly low volume passing day. The Steelers are going to pull out the win. Um, I don't, you know, I don't think it's going to be a blowout, but I don't think it's going to be necessarily in doubt. Yeah, I mean, it's it's hard to pick against the Steelers just based on what Mike Tomlin's done throughout his history, never having a, a less than 500 record, which he would have to win for that to not happen. Uh, obviously, everything going on with the Browns, the Jadavion Clowney calling out a bunch of people, um, and, and, you know, talking about Miles Garrett being put up on a pedestal there, Sean Watson not necessarily playing well. It's just, eh, as always, here we are in week 18 talking about how Cleveland's kind of a mess. But I actually think Cleveland gets it done mostly because I hate the Steelers and I do want to ruin all of their dreams and everything. So I do think that Dennis is probably right, picking with my heart here and saying that the Browns are going to win. I'm also picking the Steelers, but if they all end up eight and nine, does that mean Patriots 
Patriots would be the one that back in. Patriots there. would be in. I would assume so because right because now all three of them are eight already. and eight, and yeah. they're currently in the playoff spot. So I imagine they still get in. Just a fascinating time. There are three late window games that we're going to focus on. All of them have uh, impacts potentially on the playoffs. The first of it, the New York Giants, 9-6-1 at the 13-3 and Philadelphia Eagles. Both these teams are in the playoffs. The Giants cannot change their seed. They're very much locked into the sixth seed. But I would wager they're going to play hard because they would like to have, A, some momentum, and B, show that they could do something against the Eagles. The Eagles, meanwhile, suddenly have a ton to play for after Gardner Minshew went 0 for 2. It looks like Hurts may be back in, and they might need him. If the Eagles lose this game, they could potentially drop from the one seed all the way to the fifth seed and a date with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in the first round of the playoffs. We'll start with you, Matt. What are you expecting? I think Philadelphia is going to win. Um, I don't know how healthy Jalen Hurts is going to be. I do find it funny, you know, hey, Jalen Hurts shouldn't be the MVP because anybody can run this offense. Uh, I don't know about that anymore with Gardner Minshew going 0-2. But I do think that they are going to win. Uh, I think it's going to be a close game because, again, I do not think Jalen Hurts is fully healthy, and I do think the Eagles wish they don't have to play him right now. I really think they'd rather be resting him and getting ready for the bye, but if you're able to go out there and get a decent amount of lead and then maybe put Gardner Minshew if you're able to secure it and then allow Jalen Hurts to continue resting is probably what they're going to do. I, I I really obviously think there's a shot that the Giants could win this game. They uh, Dayball's already said they're playing all their starters regardless of all that. I just think the Eagles are a better team, and I think having Hurts back, their captain, in my opinion, the MVP this year, like that, I think is going to rally the Eagles up to come away with a big win that they need. Yeah, I'm I'm on the Eagles train. I I think that probably the the big difference will be that Hertz isn't going to play the, his normal type of game. He'll be, you know, he's going to try to avoid getting hit. Um, but he's got AJ Brown, Devonta Smith, Dallas Goddard, and Miles Sanders, who's quietly had a, a really nice year. Um, and, and as much as I like where the Giants are going. I think they're just a year early. Yes, they're going to make it into the playoffs probably, but I imagine they'll be out in the first round. They've got some guys playing over their heads. Maybe not. They're probably going to get the Vikings now. Oh, oh well. Maybe they go to round two. Um, and I, I like how the Giants are playing, but I agree with Matt. I think the, the Eagles are just better. and And I think that the Giants – if they can run with the Eagles and make it close and keep it close, I think that gives them every bit as much a momentum as winning the game does. And because I think if the Giants get ahead, I think the Eagles, they they may try to pull their guys and conserve them saying, well, you know, okay, we're, we're it's, you know, middle of the third, we're down by, you know, whatever. I don't think that the Giants will get up that big, but at some point I think the Eagles will start to, they'll take a look at, you know, how do we protect our guys? So I think the Giants will play hard. I think they'll they'll get the boost that they need heading into the playoffs. I just think they're matched up against a better team. This is the Giants Super Bowl. This is where Brian Gable secures coach of the year. Giant, give me the Giants. I'm, I'm going Eagles. On to the other game 
in the NFC East, well, I know you guys were picking the Eagles, but uh, there's another team in the NFC East that uh, I ride or die for, apparently, and I want to see them get the, get the division title. Uh, the Cowboys, 12-4 and four at the 7-8-1 Washington Commanders. The Cowboys obviously will have plenty to play for. These games are playing at the same time, so they won't know. Uh, they will be trying to win because that's their only path to getting the uh, winning the NFC East. The Commanders are out of it and have decided to start Sam Howell. Dennis, what are you expecting in this one? I think Sam Howell is going to play okay. Um, I, I don't know that as much as I wanted to see him play this year, given the quarterback situation in Washington, going up against one of the better defenses is going to be a little bit problematic, but he's got Brian Robinson. He's got Terry McLaurin, um, Logan Wilson. So he's got weapons. I, I just think it's a, is as long as Howell doesn't try to do things that he's not really good at. So I think he'll run some, I think he's a good intermediate passer He'll take a couple deep shots with De'Ami Brown or, or Jahan Dotson. I think the offense will run the same way. I'm not sure that the Scott Turner offense is the solution to any quarterback's problem, though. I think the Cowboys are going to win. Uh, I, I do think that their defense has struggled a little bit. Like, it was amazing. I think they were like a top five defense through most of the first half of the season. They've kind of struggled a little bit here in the back half, but I don't know that it's going to be enough to really, you know, allow Sam Howell to go out there and have an amazing game. I'm just excited to see what he looks like. I, I really hope uh, – double-edged sword here. I want him to be good, but I don't want him to be great. As much as I love Ron Rivera, he needs to go. And I feel like if Sam Howell goes out there and plays amazing, Washington may hold on to Rivera for one more year. I just want to be able to see what Sam Howell looks like because I do think he's a guy who should have been drafted no later than the second round. Uh, but at the end of the day, I think the Cowboys are just going to be too much. They're, they're a much better team. They should win this fairly easily. I think the Cowboys will win pretty easily too. I actually think Rivera stays not because of anything that happens in this game, but because the Washington ownership situation is in flux. I said, Dennis, I think you picked the Cowboys as well. Right? I did. I did. The last of the afternoon games is the five and 11 Los Angeles Rams at the eight and eight Seattle Seahawks. The Rams are playing for pride. The Seahawks are playing to keep their slim playoff hopes alive. Matt, what do you expect from Geno and Baker in this one? I think it's going to be a fun game. The Rams have weirdly kind of been revitalized with Baker Mayfield out there. He's he's having fun, but I think Seattle's going to win the game. Uh, I just think behind Kenneth Walker, they have everything to play for. While Geno Smith has not been playing, you know, first eight games, Geno Smith, we've seen kind of what we've seen out of Geno Smith his entire career. Pete Carroll, as much crap as I gave him earlier in this offseason, I mean – Dennis, I know, was not on that show, but Matt knows, as we talked beforehand, I actually had the Seahawks going 0-17 when I first looked at it. I was like, oh, wow, we should give them a couple wins. So I gave them like two or three. Pete Carroll is a good coach, and he knows how to coach and win in these games. I think Seattle's going to do everything they can to try and stay in the playoffs and get in the playoffs. They know that that means they get a win here. And I, I really – the one way I could see the Rams winning this is – this could be a, a realistically could be the final game for like McVay Donald. I know Stafford's not playing, but,
but Stafford, like, Donald, there's a shot. Donald can't play either. Yeah, Donald is oh, on IR. Okay. I did not. I honestly did not realize he was on IR. But I think this could be like their last game with the Rams. Basically, there's a lot of rumors about all those guys just kind of stepping away from the game. I don't think it's going to be enough for them to beat the Seahawks. Man, I I hope McVay doesn't pull a Sean Payton or act like a dynasty manager who's traded off all of his good players and picks and then quits the league. I hope that's not what happens. It's better uh, than I, Bill O'Brien it, where you traded all the way or so well, yeah, that, I was they it, you, that they uh, kick you out of the league. The, the worst part about McVay is like he wasn't the one. It'd be like if you're you're the manager who's co-sharing a team and then the guy who traded all your picks away quits and leaves you with this, and you're like, yeah, I'm kind of out too at that point. Well, I think, you know, looking at next year, they'll get Stafford back. They'll get cut back. I, I think Donald probably retires and and, and moves on. Uh, I just think they're they're not there right now. Baker, I, I don't, you know, he's had some flashes. I don't think he's the answer. Um, and Gino is who Gino is. He's got a couple good weapons in Lockett and, and uh, – uh, Metcalf, he knows how to find Noah Fant and, and Colby Parkinson. And so as long as Kenneth Walker keeps doing what he's doing and pushing for that offensive rookie of the year, I honestly, I don't think it's going to necessarily be, I think if it's close, it's because at the end of the game, the Rams make a late push with a couple scores to get them, you know, inside of seven points. But I feel like it's a Seattle I don't want to say coast, but I do feel pretty comfortable that they're going to get the victory. Talking about Colby Parkinson in a meaningful playoff game, relevant game in week 18. Welcome to the NFL in 2022. Every part of me wants the Rams to win for uh, reasons that will become clear in a few minutes, but I also think the Seahawks probably win. On to the final game of the 2022 regular season. The eight and eight Detroit Lions at the eight and eight Green Bay Packers, arguably the two hottest teams down the stretch in the NFL, meeting any game that has massive playoff implications for the Packers. Win and you're in for the Lions. If the Seahawks lose, it's also win and you're in. Matt, what are you looking forward to on Sunday Night Football? I mean, I just think it's going to be a great game, especially if Seattle loses. Although, if they win, I still think Detroit is going to have a lot to play for. Because as we mentioned with the Browns and other teams, they definitely would love to knock Green Bay out of the playoffs. That being said, I'm leaning the Packers. Aaron Rodgers has just been here before. He seems revitalized compared to the guy we saw earlier in the season who looked like he was just ready to retire right then and there if he could. All of a sudden, he's smiling again. He got a haircut. He's out there, new phone, who dis? Like he's he's all excited, and I'm I'm here for it. I, it's hard to bet against that guy, especially with it being in Lambeau Sunday night. Like that's just typically a game Aaron Rodgers doesn't lose. I think it's going to be a fun game because, as you just mentioned, Matt, two of the hottest teams. I mean, who would have thought we're talking about Jared Goff as this great? quarterback high-end fantasy asset you know efficiently running this offense and I think it's going to be a lot of fun very very close game but I think the Packers end up pulling out a a a very very tight victory to get to sneak in the back door of the playoffs 
You know, if Detroit was maybe playing, I will say though, my heart Denver. wants Detroit to win. I really do. I just Dan Campbell and all that. I'd love to see and Dennis Felix, Matt Secret Lions fan as well. Like I would love to see all you guys happy. It's not a secret. I, I mean, as much as I want Detroit to win, I think the change you've seen in Aaron Rodgers comes down to Christian Watson and Romeo Dobbs figuring out the offense, getting open and holding on to the ball. That makes Aaron Rodgers' job a little bit easier. They've got two good running backs. David Bakhtari. Bakhtari has been health, as healthy as he's going to be during the season. Um, the defense plays hard. Jair Alexander is one of the best cornerbacks in the league. Uh, you know, he d- just destroyed Justin Jefferson last week, which, you know, I got to be honest, I didn't didn't think it could happen. I, I thought that Jefferson would pull it out and be at least, you know, 13 points worth. Anyways, but Jared Goff's home road splits are so bad. At some point, you got to buy the narrative. You, when it keeps happening over and over and over, the only way around it is going to be if Jamal Williams and DeAndre Swift pick this team up and carry him over the line. That's that's the only way because the defense, as well as they've played, we saw them get destroyed by Carolina. And I dare say that Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon are better than Dante Foreman and Chuba Hubbard. I mean, if I'm putting bets down, I know what side of the ledger my my money's going on uh, in that one. And as much as I want Detroit to win, you know, I think they just need better picks. They've played hard. They've showed us all, look, we're better than you think. Let's, Let's pat ourselves on the back. I know there's no moral victories in football. And as much as I'd like the Lions to win, and as happy as I'll be if they do, I think this is a Packers game. The Lions began working their magic on my heart during a stretch of five Tuesday nights in August to early September. I believe in that kneecap-biting philosophy. I also believe it's time to send Aaron Rodgers into an early retirement. Give me the Dan Campbell-led Jared Goff starring Detroit Mother Ethan Lions. That's how I want my season to end. I mean, and they're still going to get a top five pick because of the Rams. Based on being a, a Denver fan, I hope you get what I, I, you deserve it. Yeah, because I'm going to have to watch the Chargers stomp all over the Broncos in the afternoon because that's the only game that's going to be playing here. It, it looks like, you know, breaking news, it looks like there's reports out the Raiders are going after Garoppolo. In the offseason. Well, you knew they weren't going to roll sense. with Jared St- Stidham as the answer. He's an answer. Not the answer. An answer. Well, do you guys have anything else to add before we uh, we wrap this puppy up? Well, we're heading into dynasty season right now. Non-point scoring dynasty season. And if you want to join the nerd herd or get the dynasty GM, you can get 15% off if you use code roundtable. Go to dynastynerds.com. Hit that get the G- Dynasty GM button. Use code roundtable. And you know what? If you're in a market that voiced the Texans and the Colts on you in the morning, you're going to have a lot of time to look at your Dynasty rosters and plan for 2023. 
That will wrap up the preview for week 18. Dennis and I will be back on Monday with a look at this week's games and probably plenty of coaching changes as we typically start getting uh, coach firings. I expect uh, when the game kicks off at 4.30 Eastern, I expect by 8.05 Eastern, Cliff Kingsbury will have been set adrift by the Cardinals. And um, that's just, you know, that's just my projection. Set adrift down memory, please. Dennis, you know, in addition to uh, to looking ahead for their dynasty teams, what else can people do if they end up in a market where they're watching uh, the Colts and the Texans? They can download all the all the fantasy football roundtable, their little heart desires. Go out, download, give us a rating, give us a review. It helps us out a ton. We really appreciate everybody being with us through the season. This is what our fourth season or our fifth season. I think it's at least our fifth season. Seems like we've been doing it forever. Well, it's our fourth season, Bruning's fifth season. It all just merges together at this point. It's been a long time. Let's just put it that way. And you should head over to campustocanton.com and get subscribed because we're getting ready to head into draft season. It's right around the corner. It's time to start brushing up on those college prospects. Prepare for glory! I came out the wall, I was ready. And he's hit the end zone for an unbelievable touchdown. I would be honored.